Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was sick and you looked after me. I needed a teacher, and you inspired me. I was lost, and you prayed for me. I was addicted, and you helped me break free. I needed a mentor, and you were there for me. I felt alone. And you showed me true community. You helped me experience the joy of worship. You made me feel welcome and safe. You gave me the strength to keep going. You led me to Jesus. Well, welcome to part three in our stewardship series today. And uh, I really hope that that little video just inspired you. And as we get into the message today, uh, I really do believe that we should pray. And the reason why we should pray is because we're talking about godly principles. We're talking about a divine plan. God's plan for the world so that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in order for God's kingdom to be established on earth, in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace, in your community, is for God to find someone who will become a gateway of God's kingdom on earth so that community and culture would be transformed. And that's why we need to pray. We need to humbly ask God to speak to us. We need to humbly ask the Holy Spirit to open up our ears, to open up eyes and give us a heart that is his heart for the earth. And so let's pray into that right now. And so Father, by the the power of the Holy Ghost, open up our eyes, unstop our ears like never before and give us a courageous heart that will willingly surrender and work in your kingdom. In this place I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you know, but there's a long list of uh, one another's in the Bible. And uh, the stewardship of such virtues, of such one another's toward others is actually a testimony to what we personally believe that we've freely received from God. And there's so many. I haven't got time to go through all of them, but here's just a few. Accept one another. Build up one another. Be hospitable uh, to one another. Care for one another. Comfort one another. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit comfort you in a time of great pain? Uh, what What a powerful moment that is when the Holy Spirit comforts us. Well, you know what? When the Holy Spirit comforts us, we ought to be a steward of that comfort to others who are also experiencing a hard time. 
Encourage one another. Uh, how many of us here love to be encouraged? You know, as I was sitting here today before the service started, uh, Josh, one of our worship leaders, was speaking to the worship team and he felt that he had a word from God and so he shared it with the team. And as he shared the word, I responded at the end and I said, Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for that word. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for ministering to me because that word encouraged me. We all love to be encouraged. Do you know why? because quite often we feel discouraged. So we all love to be encouraged. Well, if you've ever been encouraged, then we need to be a good steward of that encouragement and go and encourage one another. Love one another. That's core value number one. Core value number one here at Gateway is love. Core value number two at Gateway is serve. And it also says to serve one another. I love this one. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. How sweet and how good is the spirit of humility when someone just exercises surrender and humility. What a great blessing that is. How good is it to be around people who are humble? And the last one that I want to read out here today is be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. In uh, one of the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. How many of us here want to be forgiven by God? How many of us here want mercy from God? Well, God says, Blessed are you if you are merciful, for then you, should, you too shall obtain mercy. Can anyone here think of the most repeated one another principle and command in all of the Bible? What would you say it is? Love one another. Well done, Pete. That's fantastic. Mate, I wish I had some sort of chocolate bar or something to give to you. Well done. It is love one another. What's the most repeated second principle of one another in the Bible? Could it be serve one another? Could it be encourage one another? To be kind, sorry? To pray for one another? That's a, a really good one. Anyone else want to take a have a go at what you think the second greatest, most repeated one another is in the New Testament? Can, <laughs> Louise is on fire. Confess your sins to one another. That is another one. Is that, a, is that a hint for Ian, perhaps? Is there something he needs to confess? I don't know. I'm only having some fun. Forgive one another. Like what a powerful, uh, you know, command to forgive one another. You may be surprised to know that the second most frequent one another principle found in all of the Bible is, uh, well, it's found in a lot of different places, but I'll read out from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 20, which says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Some are thinking, okay, this church, I knew there was something about this church, and now I know they're promoting kissing. But, you know, to demonstrate this verse, I'd like to demonstrate what it means to greet one another with a holy kiss. And so I'd like to invite Paulie and Otter. Uh, 
Paul. <laughs> you sit down. <laughs> but you look so worried. What were you so worried about? This is a safe place, right? I thought that's exactly right. I thought I'd ask Paul. He's used to European kisses, right? One on the left, one on the right. And if you're really deeply cultured in, you know, all of that, another one on the left. Three, yeah. Have you ever done three? You've done three? Yeah. Four? No, you don't do four. No, it's three. Yeah. What about you, Samantha? Two, three? What's it like in... Used to be three. Takes that little bit. It almost gets to the awkward stage if you go a third time. Doesn't it? It's like twice is like enough. Um, So... You know, when we read, greet one another with a holy kiss, our attention uh, is immediately drawn to the word kiss. But in the uh, grammar of the text, that is not where the emphasis of this verse lies. The main focus of this command is actually the word greet. This is the greeting verse, not the kissing verse. But uh, I was thinking that it would be a good opportunity for someone to just take the first step and begin to reach out to the opposite sex. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you, I don't know, if the relationship has gotten to a certain stage, right, and you're kind of a little bit past the, the talking phase and there's a bit of mutual chemistry, for a joke and for a, I don't know, a next step, it could be a good line. You know, saying, you know what, sister, you know, the Bible says to greet one another with a holy kiss. And so I'm a Christian, just, I love Jesus. So, you know, you could lean in in that moment. That is, if the chemistry is already there, don't go around about doing that because that's not what I'm talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's another good line for someone. Uh, so last night I was reading the book of Numbers and then I realized I didn't have yours. Could be a good line, I'm not sure. Here's another one. How many times do I need to walk around you before you fall for me? For those who don't know the story, talking about the walls of Jericho, right? I understand. Just, just for those who don't know. Uh, and lastly, can I please have your name and number so I can add you to my prayer list? I'm just praying for our future. It just might work. If that works for you in the future, please come and tell me, okay? I'd like to know. Greet one another with the holy kiss. It was written by two apostles in five different letters, encompassing dozens of congregations and in several different countries. And so for clarity, I I do want to say that I'm not suggesting that we begin to greet one another with a holy kiss, unless it's your (laughs) mum or your dad, okay, or your brother, like literal or whatever, or perhaps there are people who know each other very well, then it would be appropriate. But I'm not saying do that. However, I am suggesting that we greet one another. And this is the teaching that I want to bring today, to actually greet one another, to be a welcoming church, a, uh, an all-inclusive and embracing church. And it's this that I want to talk about today. So I am talking about greeting one another with love, with gratitude, with warmth, and a welcoming affection. You see, today, a holy kiss could be translated as the stewardship of a smile, okay? How friendly is a nice smile when somebody smiles at you and welcomes you? What about 
a handshake, if you're comfortable with that. Some people are not comfortable. It's, you know, because of this whole, you know, pandemic issue. Some are like, do we, are we doing this? <laughs> Is this happening? Right. We're going to do that, you know. So anyway, but it could also be translated as a handshake, a hand wave. Good to see you. Good to see you. A fist bump, a gentle pat on the shoulder, a gentle, appropriate pat on the shoulder. It could be a hug. Or like I said, it could be a kiss, providing that you, uh, it's maybe your mum and dad. Um, could it be that in this little tiny gold nugget of New Testament teaching that we could easily skip over, could it be that it's the cure and blessing to someone's isolation and loneliness? I'd like to say yes. Okay. And um, when greeting people here at Gateway, and what I'm about to talk about now could really be specifically for our, our greeting team, our host team. You know who you are, but it's not just for the host team. What I'm about to talk to you about right now is how we can greet one another with 100% success all of the time. Because I understand that you walk into a room like this and a lot of people don't always know what to say uh, because they may not know exactly who's new, right? Or who's been here forever. Uh, or perhaps you're someone who forgets names easily. Uh, and because of this, I want to share with you what you can, what you can say exactly, uh, which again will work 100% of the time. So like I said, this could be specifically for the host team, but anyone can do this. And all you got to do is just overcome your own insecurity, come in with confidence, right? Just be confident. Be a confident man. Be a confident woman. Don't come in sort of cowering. Don't walk in with a mentality that says, oh, I hope someone likes me. I hope someone will come and talk to me. Don't have that mentality. Be the, be the man or be the woman who walks into any room, right? No matter where you are, thinking to yourself, who can I go and talk to? Who can I go and greet? Because once upon a time, Pastor Jay talked about a teaching that has given me confidence to move forward. And so the first thing that you could say to people, whether they're new to Gateway or not, is good morning or hi, Welcome to Gateway. It's great to see you today. Now, who's going to get offended at that? Good morning or hi. It's great to see you. We're in for a great day. Welcome to Gateway today. I've said welcome to Gateway today to uh, Paul and Celeste, and I've known them forever. As they've walked in the door, just because I know them, it doesn't mean that I'm at a place where I'm just familiar and I don't want to welcome them. Oh, it's just you. I've seen you forever. No, 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 no. Not ever will I have that attitude about anyone. When I see them walk through the door, I'm like, oh, they're here. I love it. Welcome, Colin, others. It doesn't matter who it is. Welcome to the house of God right? Welcome. Open up your mouth. Begin to communicate. Use what God has given you. You know, our God is a speaking God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light. And then there was light. 
You know, every time you open up your mouth, something is happening in the atmosphere. What do you think is going to be more effective? To have someone walk in and just kind of go and not say anything, or welcome. So glad that I haven't seen you in a while. It's so great to see you here today. Number two, is there anything I can help you with? Now, you know, they might be all okay, but if they have children, that can be a very helpful and relevant question to ask, especially as you show them where to check in, but better still, introduce them to a Gateway Kids team member so that they can uh, show them how to check in. That's a very helpful question. And if I see a new family walking in and they're like just kind of struggling and I know that they're new, the first thing I want to do, having said welcome to Gateway, so glad that you've taken the time to, to come here today, is, uh, is, oh, let me help you because if they're new to a church, that's the thing that's going to be on their mind. What's the Gateway Kids ministry like here? Because we have children, right? And we love them so much and we want them to find a place where they can be taught not only God's Word, but, but what's it like here? And to have someone come up to them and say, oh, I see that you have children. How, how old are your children? And then let me show you, let me introduce you to a Gateway Kids team member. Or straight away, they're feeling more at ease because someone has reached out to them, just like Christ has reached out to us. And, and let me just say, don't just point to where to go. Just say, oh, you go over there, escort them. That's far more meaningful. Number three, the third thing that you may say is, may I help you with that? So once again, if you see a parent coming in with a pram, nappy bags, maybe it's been raining outside and they're trying to get their umbrella in and it's just really awkward. Why don't you just go out there and you don't have to be on the host team, you can be anyone. If you see the need, then it's actually your responsibility to steward that need. And this could be your first day here at Gateway, but you can exercise such principles. May I help you with that? May I open up the door for you so that's a wider entry for them to come on in. Let's do whatever we can to make things easier. And do you know what? You'll be a great blessing to that person, to that family. And that's going to, in return, be a great blessing to you as they say, thank you so much. I remember once upon a time. See, you've got to keep your eyes out, guys. You know, keep your eyes open. Don't have your head down, right? Keep, Jesus said to lift up your eyes. He said, lift up your eyes. The harvest is ready and it's full, full of opportunity. In this place, there are so many opportunities. Lift up your eyes. I remember uh, it was raining one day and uh, quite heavily. And uh, I saw uh, Jess Murford and she was leaving and she had all the kids with her. Cody was away on this particular weekend and I thought to myself, well, there's an opportunity to be a help to someone as, you know, you think about this, guys. Think about this. Think about how long it takes for parents to get their kids ready. They've got to get them up at a certain time. They've got to get them dressed by a certain time, fed by a certain time. And that's just if you've got one. Some of our families have five, six kids. That's a lot to orchestrate right there. And so anyway, I saw that Jess was leaving. 
I saw that it was raining because I lifted up my eyes and I knew that she needed help with the kids. So I took one kid, you know, in each arm and just brought them to the car. And, uh, and she just said, thank you so much. That was a great help. And so we've got to lift up our eyes. Hey, look. And as you see a need, be the steward who uh, becomes responsible and makes it happen. Number four, if someone, I love this one, if someone is sitting alone, go and sit next to them or invite them to come and sit next to you. That doesn't take a lot. You know, if someone's sitting alone, just go and sit next to them once again. Hey, it's great to see you today. You might say, uh, forgive me, but I don't believe that we've met. Have we met? And if they said, yeah, we've met, you know, and then you just don't make it awkward. Just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not that great with, you know, names or anything like that. But I just wanted to come and say hi. All right. Just keep reach out, reach out and, uh, and just go and include them in your circle. Um, if you're a ministry team leader or a life group leader uh, and you're talking to someone, uh, again, you might be uh, speaking to uh, a parent of a young child, um, then what you should do, whether you're a team leader or not, you should introduce them to a Gateway Kids team leader. Or if they're of a youth age, introduce them to Jacob or Julia. If you know uh, you know, when you're talking to people after service and you ask the question, so, uh, you know, so what do you do or what have you done in the past? And if they say, oh, well, I did a barista course. <laughs> I've done a barista course. <laughs> then what you should do is introduce them to Jacob as well and just see if maybe we can get that, that person with that talent on the barista team. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, that a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Paraphrased, it says, if you want to have friends, then you need to, first of all, be friendly. First of all, be friendly. I really feel that that, that trigger word that I brought earlier just keeps on coming back. If you, you know, one of the reasons why somebody will not go and put themselves out there is because it's a trigger. Because once upon a time, you, you've done that and it wasn't received well. And so now you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that again because my head is telling me don't go there. Because when you were younger, remember that peer group? Or remember that time you reached out when you were younger and, uh, and it made you feel, because they didn't receive you, it made you feel rejected and you felt depressed and you started double-guessing yourself. Remember that feeling? And we're like, yeah, I remember that feeling well. Well, because of that, don't go there. That's what your mind will tell you. And it becomes a trigger. But what you don't realize is you're actually stuck in the past. And you're trapped. Not only are you trapped, it's the devil who's behind such a thought to rob you, to steal, kill, and destroy not only your blessing and that great sense of fulfillment, but that individual's blessing as well. So I say, do it afraid. And whenever you feel triggered, just remember that's your younger self, your younger hurt self, just looking for love from yourself. And that's where you got to choose to be love, not look for love, because if I come to, and I'm doing this all the time, you know that. I'm putting myself out there all the time with strangers. If they think, oh, 
you know, for example, if they don't respond to my loving and kind advance, if they react to that, if they're like, and then they find out I'm a Christian, and they're like, oh, you're just a religious whatever, I don't believe in all of that stuff, forget about it, whatever. I don't walk away feeling all upset because that's not on me. That has nothing to do with me. And, you know, the Bible says love does no harm. Love does no harm. Whenever you reach out in love, it's a godly thing and it's a good thing. But just remember, don't wear other people's reactions. I think wherever you need to adjust your own attitude or adjust your own you know, tone or choice of words at times to be better. Uh, I think that's a good thing to do. But even then, don't beat yourself up over that. Just do it and get on with it again. Be teachable in that moment is what I'm saying. But don't wear other people's reactions. I hope that's a good word for someone here today. Okay, just remember that trigger. It's just a younger version, a younger and hurt version of yourself. But don't let that younger version stop the present version of you entering into all that God has for you. Love people courageously, fearlessly. What I want to do right now is uh, just show you a very short training video by a church in America, in America. And it's just a short training video about do's and don'ts when it comes to greeting people. Uh, this is specifically for a host team, uh, but it's for anyone, okay? And uh, so it's not just for the host team. This is something that we can all, uh, you know, I believe get something from. To all of our wonderful greeters, we want to thank you for the great job you're doing welcoming our guests here at Bethel. But we want to make sure that you avoid any critical mistakes that might make someone feel unwelcome. So the staff and I have put together this little video to help you out. I hope you enjoy it. What are you doing here? And my kids couldn't do anything. They couldn't find their shoes. They couldn't find their coats. It took all morning. I'm lucky I even made it to church. Oh! What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, How are you doing, man? We haven't hey, seen you forever. It's, it's good to see you. That was awesome. Did you see the game the other night? I did. They're so close, but I mean, it just it just broke my heart that they lost. I had to kill you. You had it's to be crazy, up all night. Crazy, but I mean, you're Welcome to Bethel. Who are you? Are you new? I've never seen you before. Hey, how you doing? Are you new here? I don't think I've seen you before. You look different. Um, are you new? I'm the pastor. Friends, let's face it. There are so many new faces and first-time visitors at Bethel. We have no idea who's new and who's been here for a while. So try this as a better way to make people feel welcome. Good morning. Good to see you. Hi, I don't think we've met. I'm Catherine. Short, simple, to the point. If you don't know someone, shake their hand, introduce yourself, don't assume anything. This is the best way that we can make all of the new guests here at Bethel feel the most welcome. Thanks for all that you do. Keep up the good work. Greet one another. 
with the holy kiss. It's everyone's responsibility. Remember, the holy kiss is translated that warm smile, that handshake, that introducing of yourself, those questions, is there anything that I can help you with, those faith statements that say, welcome to Gateway Life Church today. We're in for a great day. And, uh, and just building up faith, okay? Uh, because we've got to remember that not everyone who even came in today has had a perfect week. Okay, like you, my week has not been perfect, but we've all turned up. We all, made, we all made a decision to turn up today, and that's a good thing. We want to make it worthwhile. Okay, I get that we all haven't had a perfect week. It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Even if you've, you know, I don't know, done some things or said some things that you're not proud of. Uh, let me just say, you're here, and that's a great thing, and that's to be validated. That's to be celebrated. You're here. And I do want to welcome you to the house of God. It's so great that you made that choice to come here today. God bless you so much. But let me tell you something. This, this is not a verse to skip over. Greet one another. I think sometimes we underestimate the, the power of a welcoming greeting. You know, looking at someone, listening to someone, reaching out to someone. I know that people can be put off so easily when it doesn't go, perhaps the way that you scripted. But remember, it's not about your script. It's about God's script. And the command is greet one another. I don't know how many times I've just maintained, as it were, my spirit, you know, a spirit of love, a spirit of grace, even when it wasn't being received, to only have those same people over time come back and say to me, you know what, I had a bad attitude and this and that, but you didn't change your posture. And that meant everything to me more than any message that I've heard from the pulpit. See, it's got to be a demonstration. Amen. Like, don't you believe that Christianity is about a demonstration? It's not just about hearing the Word, it's about doing what the Word says. And James says, if you do what it says, then you will be blessed. It's the doer that's blessed. And I really do pray that that's the spirit that we'll catch right there. That we'll move from religion, which is all about ticking the external boxes, to a personal relationship with Christ and the leading of the Holy Ghost in our hearts. And the last story that I want to talk about today is probably one of the greatest demonstrations and examples of what it means to not only to love and to serve, but to be a good steward. This is, a, for me, a teaching, partly a teaching about stewardship. And it's when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples and he asks them to go and do likewise. Jesus washed the feet of all of the disciples. And he said, go and do likewise. But you see, the teaching, the point of this teaching wasn't to go and to look for opportunities to physically get down on your hands and knees and wash the feet of others. No, no, no. But that we should humble ourselves and that no one is too important not to humbly love and serve others. That's the point of the story. See, in those days, it was customary for the, the basin and a towel to be at the entryway of every home so that when a guest arrived in the house, they could have their feet washed. I don't know if you know, but in those days, sandals were the choice footwear. Okay, if you had a shoe store, it was all about sandals. And uh, 
But, you know, the dirt roads, they were filthy, filled with all kinds of animal waste, right? And you're wearing sandals. And if you can imagine the Middle Eastern heat after a very long journey, you know, that coupled with the sweat and the toe jam and everything else that goes with, you know, unkept, what is it? Manicured feet. Is that the feet? Manicure? That's the pedicure. The hands of the manicure. We're talking about feet that you would never, it'd be a pedicure's worst nightmare. And, uh, but when the guests arrived in the house, they were never expected to wash their own feet. And here's the other thing. It was done by the least paid or, or by the lowest of all ranked servants. Everyone knew that if you're the feet washing guy or the feet washing girl, you are the least, the lowest of the ranked of all servants. But there comes a time in this particular setting, it's the Last Supper. And the disciples, ironically enough, are arguing amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest disciple. In the meantime, Jesus gets up, walks over to the basin, puts a towel around his waist, and the disciples are shocked. This is their rabbi. This is their teacher. Why is he, the miracle worker, the very son of God, putting a towel around his waist? So I want us to turn to John chapter 13 as we take a look at a great example of why we too should exercise the spirit of biblical stewardship. Let's, uh, let's just race through this. Verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the, time, that the time had come for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. Having loved his own that were in the world, Jesus now shows them the full extent of his love. Right now, the Bible says now he's going to show them the full extent of his love. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? In other words, you can't do this. You're, you're the king. Jesus replied and said, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. How many times have you claimed that verse? Uh, I've claimed that verse a few times. God's like, you don't know what I'm doing right now, but hold on. Later in the future, you're going to understand. Um, verse 8. Uh, Peter said, no, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, you can have no part with me. Jesus said, unless you see me getting on my knees amongst your stench, amongst your dirt and your mess and your untidiness and cleaning you up, you can have no part in me. Unless you see me loving and serving you, how are you going to go and love and serve others? Unless you see me bowing the knee and getting amongst your mess, how are you going to go and get amongst someone else's mess? Unless you see me upon the cross for you, how will you ever pick up your cross for me? Verse 12, when Jesus had finished washing their feet, 
And this is where I'm going to land it. He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Then he asks a question. Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Verse 20, I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. Whoever accepts anyone who walks through those doors, anyone. I'm not just talking about your time. I'm not just talking about the one with your interests. It's not about that. It's not about the one with your interests. It's not about, I'm not saying it can't be good, but it's not about that. It's about greeting one another. It's about loving and serving Jesus as he has loved and served us. And the last thing that I want to say today before I invite you to stand is that the way that we welcome, the way that we welcome, greet and receive one another is a testimony to what we believe about how God has welcomed, greeted and received us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.